When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Dungeons and Demogorgons, the officially unofficial podcast for Stranger Things on Netflix. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. Yeah, it's to get a little more casual today. I was gonna say a little, a little more laid back, NPR feel, a little '80s. Can we get can we get some jazz uh, interludes? No, we already got the the Stranger Things theme song, <laughs> so no, we cannot. Um, but we're here today to talk about season two. Uh, obviously, we're a week out now from the release, and. I don't know about you, Aaron, but I am super excited. Yeah. Season one of Stranger Things was maybe my favorite show of last year. I can't remember what the Baldies were, were giving it, but like it, it man, made, it, I love that it, show. It made noise. It made noise. It sure did, yeah. And and all the actors did too. And I yeah, it's it was easily one of my favorite shows of last year. And, and what was, I'm what, expecting season two to be the same. What always makes I, I think it's also got the secret sauce of being a surprise. Like yeah. nobody was looking for Stranger Things. Like, as soon as you heard about it, it's like, oh, you know, the Stephen Kingish thing with kids and all mm-hmm. that, like Steven Spielberg kind of thing. Like, it, it's, and then it delivers the goods almost from the first frame. Yeah. And, and that's, 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 you know, that's, that's one of the, the best parts about covering any kind of pop culture when something kind of blindsides you and completely outstrips any of your uh, expectations for it. Yeah. It certainly did that for me. Which brings us to season two. Mm hmm. Where you wonder without that secret sauce, uh, you know, we've we talked about, I think, in, in over the course of our season one retrospective, you know, all the things are stacked up against this season. Right. The fact that people are expecting great things. Yeah, the it's got hype. The Duffer Brothers had years to polish the script and ship it around. And, and, and now, uh, you know, they've got to follow that up in, in less than a year's time. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that, you know. With with this kind of story and mythology, we've seen it before in like X Files and Lost, where you know these sci fi supernatural things can kind of get away of creators. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are, what do you think the reasons to be optimistic are? Uh, it's Stranger Things. You know they nailed it in season one, and you in as much as you have faith in everyone involved in the project uh, that they can pull it off again, I guess you should be excited. Um, certainly, there are things to I think, you know, worry about mm-hmm. potentially, but until we see it, I'm still I'm still on board the hype train. Yeah, and and I think I said this in the over the course of the rewatch too. The fact that the cast is so good that you've got it this is. this really good young cast, and you've got well, you got a really good adult cast too. Um, that that's half the battle. If you got good characters and people that can really live and inhabit those characters, then you know. It seems like storytelling is is a lot easier because that's plot is easier than than believable character development, mm-hmm. um, and it makes it so much easier when you have actors that you know uh, just really embody those characters and and behave in natural, believable, realistic ways. Uh, you get a lot of that stuff just for free, just by having those. And so I, I feel like that's one of the biggest uh, reasons to be optimistic. And also, uh, I feel like the trailers were pretty hot. Well, yeah, let's let's move on to those in a second. But that that was 
But you mentioned the cast and how mm-hmm. these kids just feel so natural in these mm-hmm. roles. That was maybe the biggest thing that drew me to the show in season one. Um, yeah, they, they had this interesting supernatural plot going on, but I feel like the core of it just felt so natural. Mm-hmm. And you don't lose that in season two, right? All that stuff is continued over because they at one point were thinking about making this an anthology, right? which I think would have been a huge mistake. Yeah, why? Because you lose all of the built-up characters yes. and all of those relationships you have with your audience. Would have been a foolish move, in my opinion. Yeah, because all I'm the expectations would still be there, but the anthology where you have to just turn that around and it's a new story, and you know, new, unless you do the Ryan Murphy thing where you know you just take the same four kids and put them in California this time or <laughs> Seattle, okay, and say they're now Brutus and and Ike and <laughs> yeah, they could have done it, yeah. but a much harder challenge. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the things to be, you know, hyped about and optimistic about sure. going into it. Sure. Uh, okay. So what did you think of the season two trailer? Uh, the other thing saw? I was going to say is optimistic because I've heard a lot of interviews with the Duffer brothers. Yeah. And sometimes, like, you, you listen to, like, a Nick Pizzolatto between seasons one and two of True Detective, like, oh, this guy might have bought into his press a little bit. <laughs> This uh-huh. guy seems like he has all the answers. That's scary. These guys have been pretty upfront about, like, yes, we are terrified about following up a season one. Like, we, you know, like, uh, it's something that we are spending a lot of time and energy and sweat to make sure that we don't let people down and mm-hmm. we know how easy it would be to do so. Like, I, that's what I like to hear a healthy skepticism and fear of your own abilities because that's what makes you, that's, that's what keeps you from getting lazy and complacent, right? And they talk about, like, not really knowing. You know, having a vision for the show, but not really knowing that it was going to be this huge hit, right? Like, they talk about how so many things right. can get lost in the shuffle of, sure. of modern television. And yeah. They didn't know what they had. Um, and it, you know, in as much as they keep the same attitudes going into this of, like, we're making a show that we love and want to mm-hmm. make, mm-hmm. I think they'll be okay. Um, and they've talked about also the, the writing process and how absolutely important that is yeah. to a production. Whereas you can, you know, you can write what you think is all right and then say, okay, we're going to really polish this up during filming and during editing. Right. They're, they have the exact opposite approach. Let's polish this thing up while we're writing it because it's the the easiest phase to do it in. Damn right. Which makes so much sense. Yep. Uh, so I'm excited. What – do you want to talk about the trailers? Yeah. I was impressed that it the – the thing that struck me from watching the trailers most is how much larger in scope – Mm-hmm. things are like you've got it's almost like the third act of hellboy where cthulhu shit like ancient gods are awakening and coming out of yeah. the sky and starting armageddon uh i was kind of before i started seeing the trailers i figured that there'd be another exploration of the upside down and you'd have maybe several demigorgons or like you know we we uh we've we've uh, uh, yeah. attracted attention of demigorgon hq and they're sending reinforcements i never thought that they were going to go ragnarok on us yeah no they went huge um you can see in one of the trailers there's this i'm going to call it war of the worlds uh, sky spider i don't yeah. i don't even know what it is but it's yeah very cthulhu lovecraftian sure. yeah um, and the fact that the other thing is like I, when we're you talking about the Baldies, which is our kind of like tongue in cheek award show we do in January of every year, mm-hmm. and we collectively gave I think secondary honors maybe um, to like like, like like the yeah. the silver we gave to all four kids, and I kind of joked about like whether the guy who plays Will should have been included in that because he's such a small part of season one. 
I feel like yeah. that um, the Duffer brothers are kind of cognizant of that, and it seems like they're building a lot of this season around Will and the fact that he's torn between these two worlds still because of his lengthy exposure to the Upside Down, and he's getting these these messages from the other side, these visions of potential future that's going to be... Because uh, it, it does seem like they're going to spend a lot of this season without Eleven. Mm-hmm. One of my standing complaints about the goddamn trailers is like in my in my perfect world i don't think we'd have seen 11 in any of these trailers yeah me too because why mm-hmm. why it just spoils the reveal that she's still alive and i mean of course she's going to be i mean the fact that they hinted with the with the tupperware and the egos like that that there's a difference between knowing and knowing yes like Yes. I know for a fact that Elle will be on screen in this yes. season two. But, like, it could be halfway through the season before she actually makes it through. Because it just feels like that Will is kind of going to be that 11 character. That maybe he's gotten some special powers or, you know, just maybe because he's got the foot in both worlds, he's going to be special. I like the fact that he kind of got short. He, he kind of drew the short straw last year as far as screen time and development. He did. Yeah. Although... In retrospect, he was in this uh, episodes a lot more with flashbacks and like you know being stuck in the 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 the, ne- the never never the upside down. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like the fact that he's going to be. It seems like a, a much more of a centerpiece character. Yeah, he's definitely going to have a lot more screen time. The thing that I'm worried about for him is he's going to miss out on yet another big adventure with his friends because it it was apparent to me that he is going to be. You know, the kid who's zoning out and the kid who's drawing weird things and his mom is going to go, uh-oh, we need to take him to the doctors. And they take him to the doctors. And I don't know how long he spins there, but you can see several shots of him, you know, in a lab being studied. You can see um, mm-hmm. all of the other kids in class except for him. Mm-hmm. And Mike's kind of looking at his desk with a sad expression, mm-hmm. his empty desk. Uh, I'm hoping that Will doesn't get shortchanged in the friend adventure like his D campaign you know yeah i'm kind of curious about like does his mom actually take him to the doctors or is this another department of energy kind of goon squad because if i'm if i'm joyce and they've always hinted at her kind of like backstory of of being you know having mental problems and whatnot and i think there's actually a brief scene where we see her getting electroshock therapy we see somebody. I'm not I sure. I thought it's her. it was I, her. I thought it was maybe. Um, it, what's her name? Who's Jane's mom? Who's yeah, Eleven's mom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it could have been her too. I couldn't yeah. quite tell because the the uh, the the lights were so bright, it kind of oversaturated her features. So mm-hmm. I couldn't tell if it was Terry. like. A, yeah, yeah. Terry. I couldn't tell if it was a younger or version. If it's supposed to suggest a younger version of Joyce or Terry. Um, but like, I have a hard time believing that the mom who is this mixed up with secret government agencies would take her child exhibiting strange phenomenon to the authorities. Like, I don't know. So, I mean, I get it. Like if he had flu or if he uh just has a cold, but like, Hey, my son's having visions of an upside down apocalypse here. Take a look at him. I, 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 so I'm, I'm wondering if he's not, you know, there, there's some, some there's 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 more of a nefarious kind of uh, government goon squad after him. It could be, but I mean, I I don't know. So there's a lot of stuff to consider here, I guess. So Sean Aston is or Austin. I don't know how you say his name. Aston, I think. I like ass. He put that. He puts Aston, the ass in yeah. Aston. He does. Yeah. Uh, he's apparently going to be in this season. We see him in a couple of shots. Yeah. Uh, in the previews and in a white lab it, coat. Yeah, he's in Scrubs, um, and, and that's kind of where I'm going, is at some point we see both him and Joyce in Scrubs. And I'm thinking, 
okay, we're it, this is going to take place in 1984, which is like a year out, roughly. Um, Halloween of 1984, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, that, that's like a year out. I don't think that Joyce has time to get any like certifications or licenses or mm-hmm. anything to become like a nurse or a doctor or a, right. a, a dentist or whatever she might be right. um, wearing scrubs. But she might be an assistant at one of those places because I don't think you need much certification to do that. Hmm. And in a year, I think she could certainly like get a new job, right? Like she's got a family to support. She's working at this store. I think maybe she might be interested in a new job. But we also speculated that uh, Hopper might have been co-opted or recruited by the government agency that's doing all this. uh, And it might show a shot of him listening to like tape recorders. Right. Like reel-to-reel tape recorders. Right. And if I I guess if, 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 you know, I'm just running, now I'm running my speculation based on my own speculation. Yeah. But I could, the one thing I could see around that is if Hopper would approach Joyce and be like, look, Things mm-hmm. have changed. I'm involved now, and there's got you know, like I, I like look at the Sean Aston guy. He's got a friendly face. He's not. But I think they might be dating. Is the thing because there's there's a shot where yeah. like Joyce is trying to get to the bed or something yeah. in the hospital room or or wherever she is, and Sean Aston is like holding her back, not in like a restrain her kind of way, but sort of like in a a restraining hug. Hmm. Is is how I read it. Oh, you think Sean Aston? They, they, they maybe are dating. dating. Yeah, interesting. Okay, that's my guess. Uh, which trailer did you like better? I absolutely loved the thriller trailer. The th- loved it. Thought yeah. it was perfect. Set the mood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My um, only criticism: seeing the kids in the Ghostbusters outfits yeah. is perfect. Yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, I mean, my only criticism of the first trailer is that it did show off Eleven, which the second trailer does no, it in did. spades. No, I, I, I'm saying that's my only criticism. Oh, that it did. It, it, okay. showed, yeah, yeah. it showed Eleven, uh-huh. like, punching through from the, uh, out, from the yeah, so upside and down to the middle school. Out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when they kick in the the thriller trailer. Oh, man. And then and you ending got Steve with Vincent dancing Price. at a party. And yeah. Just... Oh yeah, it's perfect. It's it's really good, and it felt like you know with the Ghostbusters reference and a trick or treating and like the the Reagan uh, uh, election signs. Mm-hmm. It, it really felt, and then with the Michael Jackson thriller, it felt like uh, a tr- uh, uh, like something out of a time capsule from 1984. Right, the arcade, the Dragon's Lair, like shit. Oh fuck, that. I forgot about the Dragon's Lair yeah. shit. Uh, do you think that Dragon's Lair is going to be the new? way for the kids to understand the universe oh it might be through through their video games instead yeah. of like the the movies right like like that there's um like i, I wonder if there'll be some kind of like path they have to memorize because that's what the dragons right. it wasn't anything about reflexes it's essentially memorizing routes mm-hmm. and putting inputs in at the appropriate time and um because they make a big deal out of kind of that in that trailer and i wonder if they'll be because that's what we kind of marveled at is how well like the boys are able to interpret their world through the lens of role-playing games and, yeah. and Dungeons and Dragons in particular, uh, and how that like even that's ridiculous. And like Star Wars and yeah. yeah, even though that's ridiculous, it actually works really well. Mm-hmm. I, I get to see Dustin's like, you guys, this is like when we're trying to sneak past the acidic slime goo and <laughs> right. You got to go left, left, in right. Alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you all distracted me, and the dragon burnt me up. Right. Uh, yeah, that could be that could be cool. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And the second trailer is, I mean, the second trailer definitely adds a little bit more urgency and a big and, 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 and to the scope and scale. But it just didn't feel like that, like fresh out of a time capsule. Oh, my God. Look right. at these kids. I think it. I think the worst thing you can say about the second trailer is it wasn't necessary. Mm. And that maybe it ruins the mood a little bit, or it brings down the mood going into season two. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, because I would have left the mood dial set at Thriller. Yeah. Like, a week before the thing. Like, drop that and get everybody hyped, and then go into season two. Yeah, because I remember when it came out last week, it's like, man, if I were a marketing team in Netflix, I would have taken 30 seconds out of this... Mm-hmm. And have like a real jump, like what the fuck cut of it, and it's released it back when the first trailer came out, and yeah. save the second trailer for the week before it releases because it's just so fucking hype. Yeah, hype. I I I, 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 I took hot and I mix it with hype, and I didn't know which to go with, so I tried to jam in both. Didn't yeah. exactly work. No, I, I'm with you. I don't think the second trailer was quite as good, but you know, uh, it, it was still good, still good. So I I don't know. I'm trying to piece together some of the plot i guess from these trailers okay. of season two um obviously l comes back from the upside down she's got the egos that hopper's left her uh we see that right away and she appears to be using her powers and still bleeding from the nose she seems to be point. angry she seems Very. to have some some uh some some longer curly hair too yeah is that a wig i, I don't know it's it's the color of her hair yeah. Her real hair, I think. It looks very like a Mike Brady kind of. It does. Like, it looks bad, certainly. It's not great. It's not great. <laughs> is uh, she trying to look like a boy? Is she going for know. that look, the Aria look? I don't know, yeah. The Ari. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I I noticed is that there might be some unconventional pairings of the children. Like, it looks like Steve and, like, Dustin are palling around. And, like, I kind of uh-huh. am excited about seeing different combinations of these kids. Yeah. And there's another... There's a new there's kid. A, there's, a new, there, there's a new girl in town. Uh-huh. One, Red of, those, one of those redheads you got to watch out for. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, wonder how they're going to mix that into the group. I don't know. Um, it... Like she walks in and all the boys are turning their heads. So right, and that's I like, assume they have all, they've all got a crush on her, and it's going to be like L <laughs> L turned up to eleven. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Well, that's what, that's what I was about to say is that like the thing that defines all of these kids is they're misfits and losers. Yeah, uh, like you know L's literally a lab experiment experiment that's very poorly socialized. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Lucas, Mike, Will, and Dustin are all some version of social pariahs and nerds and weirdos at school, which probably means they're going to be super successful and, and awesome adults. But for the meantime, life sucks. And then this the, the the new girl seems like a much more conventional, you know, 
popular kid and how mm-hmm. will she get sucked into their orbit yeah potentially um i don't know she clearly does at one point i think we can see her rolling barrels down a hill with steve and lucas and mm. mike maybe or dustin i don't know well if you're that's best friend territory if you're rolling yeah. barrels together yeah <laughs> you don't just roll barrels with anybody no hell no uh also i guess the the monster in this is coming after everyone else not will this time so how do you wait? Is that that's is something, something Will read says. or oh, okay, no, it's okay. something he says in the trailer. Like somebody says, what does it want? And Will says, not me, everyone else. Hmm. Uh, now, that could just be an out of context pairing of two lines. That but don't if, go he's together, th- if he's but... if he's if he's turned into a Plato fun sl- slug factory for colonizing, maybe he they, they, the creatures already see him as a beachhead. Yeah. So they're going after everybody else. Yeah, I, it's clear that the Demogorgon gave the Upside Down a taste for the real world. Uh-huh. So uh, here comes Sky Spider. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, it looks it looks like it's going to be more epic than season one there's, was. There's a couple things about. like I wonder if they're going to get away with. Like it looks like at one point the boys trap something supernatural in their presumably fake. Yeah, uh, ghost trap. Uh-huh, like it's, awesome. it's rattling on the the table, and I mean, how are they going to? How are they going to keep stretching the bounds of like shit that? I mean, are they going to go full Stephen King where they're attacking Pennywise the clown with their fucking, uh, you know, asthma inhalers, and mm-hmm. because they got this weird dream kid logic, but it seems like it's much more grounded in science and reality. So like. You know, like, like well, we Luke, know that the upside like down Luke... affects electronics, right? Right. In in some way, right? Uh, when the when the monsters are around, so I think that that toy, if I remember correctly, like opened up and made sounds. Hmm. So, oh, you think they had the licensed Ghostbuster trap toy? I think so. It looked uh, like it to me, but okay, I'm not sure. I thought it looked like something homemade. Maybe. Maybe as long as as long as there are electronics in it, I would be willing to buy it. The the the, the demigorgon that some sort of demigorgish because it's not even a demigorgon now. It's no. the, the, some some sort of demigorgish power can be contained within it. Yeah, huh? Or that it would be affected by the presence of a monster. Okay, from the upside down. All right, all right. What else we want to talk about? Uh, I don't know that there's much more. Um, like I said, I'm I'm super excited for season two. We're going to be covering it. Pretty much as soon as we can when it comes out. So I think Friday we're planning on covering two or three episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we've made that call yet, but there are nine episodes this season, so one extra, which means we can do three on Friday, three on Saturday, and three on Sunday and have it all out, ready for people to binge and listen to the podcast by the end of the weekend. Yeah, that seems like a it seems like a goal that we can hit. Yeah. Um, so we are going to have all the coverage before Monday morning or by Monday morning, mm-hmm. uploaded and ready to consume. It's going to be very similar to the format we did, which we got a lot of praise for. In fact, I think that... On what? Uh, the the what, what we did for season one, like people really liked... Because one of the criticisms when we don't do a full recap is people like, it's hard to... Uh, you know, listen to a podcast without the full recap if you're a little fuzzy on the details yourself. Yeah, and I think especially with binging, um, yeah. it's important to have some kind of recap. Yeah, yeah, so people know, like, oh, yeah, it's, it's that episode, yeah. where, like, you know, when you have the full recap, it's like, oh, you can, you, you, you know enough that, like, as people are discussing, you can cr- kind of ground your ideas in there. So I feel like that this is a great middle way that we have these brief synopsises that, like, ground people in the episode, and then we do the analysis. And 
moving forward to to the extent that we you know some shows we don't do the full recap because for whatever reason yeah um i think this is a, a great way to move forward with that format to just do the mini reviews um and uh because then you get the best of both worlds. Yeah, for the stuff that we have to cover really quickly. Yeah, because like there's, there's things. There, there are people that don't like the full recap because it's like, I just watched mm-hmm. the episode. Why do I want to hear you guys just break down the scene? Yeah. So, like, I feel like this is a way to make everybody happy. And that's what we're going to, that's that's a format we're going to be going forward with in season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after all is said and done, like the week after, we will have a wrap up podcast. Um, that we talk about uh, our th- overall thoughts and hopefully get some consider some of the feedback we're going to be getting. Uh, by the way, send that into Stranger Things at baldmove.com. Now, I did screw up the email redirect, and I just discovered this yesterday, so we do not have a ton of feedback. Uh, <laughs> okay. As, as much as I was hoping over season one, um, other than a lot of people saying they enjoyed it and they enjoyed our coverage, uh, essentially we have one piece of feedback. Do we have anything you want to talk about before we get to that? No. All right, here we go. Stranger Things at baldmove.com. And send that in at any point, and we'll just all stitch it together and have a big old discussion of it after uh, Season 2 has been complete. Justin E. from Moorhead City in North Carolina. Just rewatched the series, and my son has been super into nature docs lately. So we were watching one of those shows when it got to the Deep Ocean episode. I didn't expect this, but I actually saw the Upside Down. That's stupid, I know, but listen. Everyone calls that stuff falling from the sky ash or snow, but it could be more like the marine snow that falls in the deep ocean. All that dead and decaying organic matter that takes weeks to drift down to those monsters down there. I thought this was a pointless connection until I looked at all the water imagery in the show. Here we are in landlocked Hawkins, but we have Hopper who lives on the water, Will's body being pulled out of the water, quote-unquote, Barb's blood dripping into the water, Eleven's powers amplified through water... Uh, along with Nancy and Johnson's correct theory that blood calls the monster like a shark. It's kind of a stretch, but could this upside-down dimension be some sort of in-between world that the Demogorgon isn't from per se, but must use to travel to our world? Could the Demogorgon's homeworld be someplace deep underwater? I don't see eyes on that thing. Could the first season feature the small one and the large one we see in the second season promos be like Godzilla and the company that comes out of the deep ocean? Hmm... It's an interesting theory. Yeah, kind of like is that the upside down's not their homeworld. We talked about that we on did, the podcast yeah. that like it doesn't make sense, but it could be the way to get to our homeworld in a similar way that the all black liquid covered thing that the you know, construct the L used to travel there. Like that's mm-hmm. the earth version of the upside down from the Demogorgon's perspective. Right, because we have no insight i guess into the upside down possibly like we've never been there so we wouldn't know she wouldn't know what it looks like right or something but they have been to our world right i don't know hmm it's it's interesting and i i kind of like the idea because you look at the the monster in season two the the one we've seen that cthulhu-esque sky spider thing uh it has very fluid movement it does uh almost like it a squid or an octopus or something underwater right right and there is kind of like there's a scene where there's like the kids are being chased down and uh, maybe an upside down version of the high school hallway or maybe it's the upside down is kind of you know how you they colonize our real world like there's slime and shit covering it but there's mm-hmm. like this smoky tendril of fog that's kind of like chasing them through hmm. so i always wonder if like it even has a physical form yeah if it's possible I think it'd be interesting to see 
some kind of creature, and I don't think they're going to do this in season two, but it just struck me, um, that that kind of swims through our atmosphere in the way that we swim through water. Right. Like, the place that it's from is so much more dense or mm-hmm. whatever. I guess it might be the opposite way. Mm-hmm. The opposite. Uh, it's so much less dense. Yes. Uh, that when it comes to our world, it sort of swims through our air. Uh-huh. I think that'd be cool. We just have to wait for it to tucker out and it'll just float to the top of our atmosphere and be gone. And be gone. <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, that's kind of neat because that, that starts me thinking of, like, you know, one of the plot points of uh, Clark's 2001-2010 uh, series is that uh, there's intelligent life in the a- upper atmospheres of Jupiter. Huh. Like these vast kind of, like, oceanic creatures that, because of the density and the buoyancy involved, yeah. that they, they float through the atmosphere the way, you know, creatures on Earth float through the ocean. And it's a neat thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen it, like, represented that way on screen. For yeah. That yeah. Be cool. Totally. Season three. There you go, Duffers. See, there you go. Stay, set, it on, set it on Jupiter. Yep. Get the monoliths going. <laughs> the kids somehow. The last starfighter themselves there. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they're going to be trapped in the <laughs> cockpit with a gung-ho iguana. Um, yeah, no, that's a, that's that's an interesting theory, um, that that, like, the upside down is kind of their, uh, what do they call that in the Matrix, the loading, the... Con- the, the construct, I think. The, con- is, the, the, yeah. the construct that they load everything into. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it's a, or it's an airlock kind of world between theirs and ours. It's not necessarily their world. Yeah, I wonder if we're going to get more um, description of, you know, the other side of this, or hey, if man. the upside down is... If we're going to get more explanation and detail on it. You know, as the podcast dedicated lore horror, uh-huh. I want as many and in-depth. I'll even accept it in the form of, like, uh, you know, a, a technical guide or, like, if they... If like, more cards that you have to buy, shit, purchase yeah. packs of at Walmart. Yeah. Like, do you remember back... <laughs> that was a very 80s thing. Like, every movie had, like, trading cards. Like That's I had true. the Star yeah. Wars trading card collection where you'd have little bios and they, or they'd have like, you know, a picture of Dagobah and they'd tell you a little bit about it. Uh-huh. I would buy the shit out of that. I'd buy the shit out of a magazine. I'd buy I'd I'd subscribe to a newsletter. Like I, I wanna know as much as they want to tell us about the the world behind Stranger Things. I have a feeling think it being a horror or essentially a horror series would ruin some of the mystery yeah, and the you're right. the Suspense, I guess. That's what I was thinking. Like because understanding them more. I I noticed that myself. That like the I, I just recently watched Stephen King's It, and the monster immediately became less scary when the kids started figuring it out and kicking its ass. Yeah, because that's like, always the case. Yeah, and like you have to do that to, to tell the end of the story. But you're right. The more a mysterious, and I also I, I've been I'm on, I've been on a horror movie kick, and like that seems like a common trend. By the time you start resolving things, mm-hmm. the monster's no longer scary. Yeah, it just becomes familiar. Yeah, like this thing to deal with that's that's hard to deal with, but like not as as uncomfortable. You know? Right, right. Because I noticed that like you know, I was watching it follows the descent shit, shit even stuff like Jaws. Like Jaws yeah. is fucking scary the first two thirds, but then by the time they're at the end of the boat and you're seeing like this big fakey mechanical shark up close, it's just like okay, now it's just I, I'm still interested, and engaged in the stories and see how it works out, but the terror is gone. Yeah, because uh, you're imagine you know there's nothing nothing more terrifying than what your imagination can paint. And I mean, it might be too early to reveal too oh, much. Oh yeah, about like, it. you know I, they're talking this about a f- four or five seasons on right, this thing. Yeah, right. So I wouldn't expect. 
I mean, th- that's always a, that's always a balance because if they keep string us along and building up bigger and bigger mysteries with no answers or no closure at all, then it becomes kind of like a, a lost X Files kind of thing. Right. There's there's a way, and I, that's one of the things I admire so much about the leftovers is they had a way of essentially summing up a, a, a season in a satisfying way mm-hmm. while still leaving larger mysteries that could be explored later. And I feel like season one of Stranger Things did that very well. Like, they didn't they didn't end on a cliffhanger of whether we're going to rescue Will Byers. Yeah. They, they resolved the season one plots, but then they also gave you a little hook of, like, oh, there might be something. There's, there's still something going on. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've heard talk um, in an interview. I, I heard the Duffers say that they were writing to things that maybe lent themselves to more seasons as opposed to, you know, this tight story that they had for season one because they mm-hmm. didn't even know if they'd get a season two. Right. Um, which might be worrisome, but, you know, I, I have a lot of faith in them to be able to pull it off. But see, I think horror movies, and I, I think we talked about this too, they have that out where you can hint at a sequel and not have to go like not have to satisfy right. that because that's part of the essential it's not over yet you should be afraid in your bed because the monster's not yeah. truly vanquished so season 5 could go out on a victorious note for these these children and the the town for sure. but then also allude that there's maybe even a more horrifying mystery that they don't even know about that that's something we can freak out about We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints. Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Hey, it's time for another season of Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? The premise is simple. A Gen Xer and a millennial watch old 80s action TV to see what still works and what doesn't. 
In previous seasons, we've done podcasts for Knight Rider, Airwolf, MacGyver, A-Team, and more. However, this year we're doing a very special season of Feeny. We're going back and reviewing the very special episodes of 80s and 90s sitcoms. Come cringe along with us as Hollywood tries to warn our families of the dangers of underage smoking, drug abuse, alcoholism, eating disorders, and much more. We start out with the episode of Boy Meets World where a high school kid gets sucked into a cult. Worlds collide as the Mr. Feeney finally makes an appearance on Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? Join me and my buddy Jay each week for episodes full of nostalgia and secondhand embarrassment. And don't worry, if very special isn't your speed, we've also got some all-time classic Knight Rider episodes to close the season with. Find Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? each Wednesday on Bald Move Pulp starting April 3rd. Yeah. yeah, with a four to five season arc, I also worry about the children. Like you're there, essentially mm-hmm. with the child cast, you are committed to uh, essentially coming back, and a year has elapsed. Mm-hmm. And what kind of phenomenon like only manifests itself every year? Like I mean, <laughs> right. right? Once once a year on a holiday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, like like if it's a supernatural thing, like Halloween or Friday the Thirteenth, and that's far, but they're not really going for that. So it's yeah. like they've got this thing where like they have to have a year between seasons. The kids are going to age, mm-hmm. uh, and they should age. But like storytelling wise, why are we only getting this once two to three week window into these kids' lives every year? If yeah. if Hawkins is under constant psychic and 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 you know otherworldly attack. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. It's, I guess it's something I'm willing to overlook just because of the logistics of filming. But you know? uh, it's me too. Could, just like could, you, the Game of Thrones, where we talk about how like you're supposed to simultaneously hold the conflicting notion that these children have only aged a few years, but then also yeah. the fact that they're also like clearly adults now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess the only way to address it is to skip a year between seasons. Yeah. Like say, okay, we're th- yes, there's this artifice that this thing comes back once a year, but that's because mm-hmm. we get these kids who are aging at the rate that they're aging. Or, I mean, there we could be a it. cool science explanation, like uh, the portal only is weak when this Earth is in a certain position in relation to the solar system. Right. Like they could, like, yeah. like I've said, I'm, what I was getting at is I, I'm ready to go with whatever ass grab they got because I love the show so much, but I will, they will get extra bonus respect points <laughs> if they can come up with an in-universe explanation for why we get these occasional glimpses into these people's lives. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that could be cool. I could see them at the end of the series making the final season uh, lean a lot more heavily on like the tropes of cabin in the woods kind of stuff, you know, mm, where yeah, 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 where like the teenagers go out to party because they'll be that age by, right. by then, right? Like eighteen, nineteen, some right. of these kids. So I don't know. That could be interesting. The other if, thing if you is take on those tropes in the final season. The other thing they could do is similar to like Stephen King's It. They have this thing where like this happens to children, and then they flash forward, and now these people are adults. But and it's some indeterminate time in the future, and there's some cyclical thing happening. But they're the same characters, but now they're the adult versions. Mm-hmm. Like as much as I love these kids, I think it would be cool to explore what. The twenty-something Mike, Lucas, Dustin, and Will are doing, and like yeah. you know, what is what does Eleven look like when she hits thirty? <laughs> okay, you know, and exactly she's lived like this, this crazy. Well, I mean, yeah, you could you could do a lot of interesting things with that. And again, I love the character. I actually really like you know the character of Hopper and Joyce, but 
is it the story about them? Is it a story about the kids? And is it essentially about the kids? And like would that also be an interesting way to look back fondly at other periods of time? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, now we're looking at the nineties or Yeah. I don't know. The show seems like they could do a, another series on that. <laughs> show do like does seem like series. it's there's something essentially it'd be like, yeah, if 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 Walt and Skyler had picked up from New Mexico in season three and moved to New Jersey. You still could have told that show, but like arguably Albuquerque, New Mexico is as part of Breaking Bad as Walter and Skyler. And I feel like the 80s and that Steven Spielberg, Stephen King-esque kind of horror, science fiction, coming of age entertainment is in this show's DNA. So maybe it wouldn't be as easy to do that. It'd be interesting if this, if they really leaned into the ideas that people had of Dungeons and Dragons in the eighties and it turned out like them playing the campaigns was the right. thing that brought yeah, yeah. the upside down Their minds to the made real, it real. World. Right. Right. You've 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 dabbled in art. My parents don't thought understand. that was gonna happen. Shit, yeah, mine too. They thought, oh, I crack open a D and D unironically master's thought, guide and I'm fucked. Unironically thought read or watching the Exorcist would bring demons into the house. Yeah. Because that's how that works. The other thing is, there's going to be a lot more cursing in this season. I, when I, I thought said, that was it interesting. Reminded me. I thought I thought that was interesting. That I read an article where the kids themselves were like, yeah. "This is stupid. This is how we all talk. This is how children have talked from time immemorial." It's true. Go back and watch the Goonies. They're all foul-mouthed little punks, and that's what made it the, the seem so real. So mm-hmm. yeah, like it's. I don't feel. I didn't feel like the kids didn't cuss in the first season. No, they did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, I feel like, didn't Dustin say, like, yeah, our friend's fucking crazy and she'll kill And I know he uh-huh. used the term asshole because... And he said shit and holy shit all the time. Yeah, yeah. so, like, you know, I, it, it's going to be interesting because um, my son's having a sleepover at another kid's house this weekend. And uh-huh. one of the things they're setting out to do is marathoning Stranger Things. Ah, nice. And I'm like, it's, this will be an interesting <laughs> test for that mom. Like, is she going to... She's thinking that... Because that's the thing. Like, I felt like season one was pretty... You know, you know, it's shocking. It was violent. It was scary. It had foul language in it. So surely she's not going to be like if they just have two fucks instead of one. It's not going to be like, oh, kids can't watch this anymore. Yeah, I just don't think Nancy that... Topless that might that might push the boundaries of good taste in our community <laughs> yeah. with children. I don't know. Yeah, possibly top topless. I mean, she had a bra on, right? Yeah, I don't think that's what I'm yeah. saying. I don't. I didn't say. I'm saying like this was happening in season two. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean that's that's full 20 seconds of the previews just topless nancy oh yeah oh yeah uh, yeah I, I don't know it's it's interesting because i'm not sure the executives of the studios understood what they had on their hands exactly because right. a lot of the pushback and a lot of the reason that they shopped this thing around forever and it never got picked up because yeah is because they felt like they were making a show for kids because the main characters were kids it's a and they didn't show. want all this violence right and I'm thinking that's not the point. You've missed it entirely. This is a show right. for adults about kids, about the kids they were. I think it's a family show in that, like, I don't think, I think 11 to 12-year-olds are appropriate audiences for sure, this. Sure, but it's much more, like, the people who remember the 80s, yeah, the yeah. people who were the, that age in the right. 80s, they know, like, that's who this show is for, really. Yeah. And Agreed. I, and so, like, to to say, oh, yeah, we don't want it because... It's it's violent or whatever is uh-huh. in my uh, in my mind foolish and you know fifteen different studios or whatever refused to to pick it up and then Netflix came along and and even they don't seem to quite understand it because they're trying to limit the cursing and it's like eh, that's it's not for kids necessarily 
Well, trying and failing because it didn't. It turns out they're not going to be able to limit it. Uh, yeah, and even the kids, you know, they're cursing. Do you think that? And then that's the thing is the Duffer Brothers interview is like if anything we edit the ch- like if you yeah. listen to these kids on set, it's like mildly horrifying what uh-huh. they're what they're coming up with. Um, we one thing we speculated in the in the season one retrospective is how much are they going to push the love triangle between Jonathan and Nancy and Steve? It looks like they're going to push it. It looks like it. Yeah. Because I mean, Nancy's they, making his raw observations, like, how come we only hang out when the world's ending or whatever? And she's yeah. wearing a little nighty, and they're doing the, like, camping in her bedroom thing again. And There's some scene where Steve looks disappointed in Nancy. He's walking away. Right. Um, they're in kind he's going to go right back to the Nancy Wheeler's. He's, he's climbing yeah. up the ladder, and the he's guy's shaking like... Shaking the, the rattle cans. He's, he's, he's rattling <laughs> the paint can. He just didn't learn his lesson from I'll season one. I'll do it. One. I'll do it, Nancy. <laughs> Yeah, and I, they also like. I feel like they're leaning back in. Uh, like Steve, Steve even has some heroic moments in a trailer, like yeah. when he retrieves the baseball bats, and mm-hmm. so like I kind of, you know, it would be, it would be interesting to see a rather mature take on a teenage love triangle. Now that would be wildly because I don't know. I saw lots of love triangles in my high school, and they were mm-hmm. anywhere. I would never describe them as mature. No. And not in the movies either. I mean, no, least, certainly. But it would be interesting to see kind of. Uh, I don't know. Like it, 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 I go either way. Like a realistic teen look at that, which I thought that season one kind of represented, or maybe an idolized version. Or you know, the the only love tri- like, triangle I can think of that I've ever seen that's done even remotely well. And, Walking Dead. And, and you're free to disagree with this if you don't think it's a love <laughs> triangle. But Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, I, like Cameron, I think had a thing sort of for for. Uh, Matthew Broderick's girl, but I don't... Of course. Like, it was never, like, overtly expressed. Yeah. It was um, a very Jesse's girl situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Okay. That's, like, like, the only relationship triangle that I can think of that's like that. Like, like you know, I'm at specifically teenage? Yeah. From that era. Yeah. Because, like, in a lot of them is more, like, and I thought that's where Stranger Things was going to go, is, like, you've got the stereotypical bad guy who Molly Ringwald gets infatuated with, and then there's the right. good guy, and then, like, ultimately... By the end, at the dance, she decides, yes. this guy's an asshole, I'm going to go with Jonathan. Right, and and that didn't happen. No. Uh, and I thought that was, like, really cool. Because, again, like, that's the thing, the, the Stranger Things sets, they they have all these, like, expectations from these movies of the 80s, but they they seem to, like, subvert, they use, like, a, mo- like a modern sensibility to subvert some of these things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know... Uh, the kids kind of do it all by themselves, but like the reality is, the kids would have been dead meat if it weren't from Eleven and her fantastic psychic powers. Like Lucas's, <laughs> like they got me primed to believe Lucas's wrist rocket would kill the demigorgon. Yeah, but of course it can't. But right. but Eleven with a head of steam can. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like Nancy, like like it's it's great that like, so you see and like Nancy, Jonathan, and Steve triumph over the demigorgon, but not really. Mm-hmm. And like. Uh, Hopper and Joyce save Will, but only because of the distraction that the children and the the government goons provided, or because they'd be yeah. cut the ribbons otherwise. <laughs> like it's it finds a way to thread the needle between paying homage to all these moments of children being triumphant and you mm-hmm. know getting away from the government goons and be like, no, that wouldn't really happen. But what can we do that we would be a way to essentially tell that same story without betraying? the realism like audiences yeah, and, are more sophisticated not just, not just subverting it to subvert it either right. right like not just saying okay well the 80s did this let's go the opposite way they're, right they're doing it much more intelligently yeah because like i i feel like like et would not do well today 
It's way, it would be seen as way too saccharine, way too unrealistic, and Steven yeah. Spielberg would have it bristling with guns. That's and, the thing, because Elle no is essentially to, like, E.T. There'd be the, everything, like, Steven Spielberg w- wouldn't have the, the courage to have guys chasing kids with guns, and they'd all be walkie-talkies, yeah. and all be safe <laughs> right. and padded and, and smoothed over, and that's, that's, not, that's not real. And I, I like how this isn't a remake or reimagining it's 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 essentially playing out the same storylines but now it's like okay audiences are a bit more sophisticated now yeah so let's let's acknowledge that all right i've talked i've i've talked my i've said my piece about uh season my my hopes and fears and dreams are season two now all right well we're gonna have a lot more to discuss come a week from now yep uh because the show season two of the show will be out and we will be covering it uh, wall-to-wall that weekend. So look for it beginning on Friday. Uh, I'm not sure the exact time, but you'll know. You'll and know again, it'll pop up in your feed. Go go subscribe to us on you know whatever podcast app you use because yep. you'll get it immediately. And as you got a thought or opinion or a feeling, send it in to StrangerThings at BaldMove.com. We'll be considering those the week after the dust kind of settles. Uh, you can also, we'll have a thread for every episode in the forums on forums.baldmove.com. And if you want to keep up with our binge as it happens, follow us on social media because that's the, you know, social media and baldmove.com is where these things are going to drop. And like, we're going to watch, record, release, watch, record, release, yeah. uh, for batches, several batches over that weekend. And if you're uh, excited about new, new Bald Move podcast, I guess we'll go leave us a review on iTunes for this one, because this is brand spanking new. Yeah. Um, so we could we could use it. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, great podcasts that kind of got in at the ground floor. Yeah. We're coming in at second floor, like our buddy Jason over there at Podcastic has got one of them, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, we're uh, trying to kick his ass. So, right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the mic to our Lucas. Right. Right, right, right. Uh, you know who's going to shake hands first? We'll see. But uh, we, we we need the we need the iTunes reviews and the ratings and subs- subscriptions. Yeah, so we, so we can get it out there. Yeah. So thanks everybody. We will see you Friday, October twenty seventh, the scariest day of the year. Now Halloween's got nothing. <laughs> uh, we'll see you then. All right. See ya.